Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode two of That Dynasty Podcast. I am your host, Matthew, and alongside my co-host, Isaiah, we just want to welcome you into week two of the 2022 NFL season. Uh, now, before we get started, I wanted to give a quick plug to go follow us on Twitter at that dynasty pod or on youtube that dynasty podcast just to stay up to date with the latest content all season long isaiah do you have anything you want to add yeah and i would just say if you do follow us on twitter um don't get mad if we recommend uh a player who ends up having a bad game only listen to us Um, if that player had to add, uh, just so, yeah, just an overline outline of what we're doing for today. Uh, first, we're going to go what Matthew called flops and bops. Uh, secondly, some week one MVPs, um, some matchup previews and then power rankings. And then lastly, I think we're just going to talk about, um, a start or sit, um, decision for Matthew and maybe I, but, uh, yeah, ready to, ready to get started, Matt. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. Ready to rock and roll. Um, obviously, this is uh, now one of the best parts of my week is being able to sit down and prepare for this podcast. And uh, yeah, super excited. So uh, before we get into our flops and bops, I did want to go through a couple of league updates because as we walk you guys through this season uh, with us here, we're going to talk a lot about the other teams in the league. Um, super important that, uh, you know, obviously you guys know who we're talking about. Uh, so I need to do some updates. Uh, since the last podcast, some of the managers decided to uh, change the names of their teams. And um, I certainly appreciate and uh, slash hate them so much for making me read <laughs> these names. Um, so uh, the uh, Milwaukee Table Hunters um, are now, oh, I'm sorry, the Milwaukee Table Humpers. <laughs> I don't know why it says Hunters. Milwaukee Table Humpers are now table humping trash. So, um, you know, appreciate that. Um, uh, team King Cobb 24 is now every day. I'm rustling a uh, homage to homeboy, uh, Russell Wilson, AKA Lizrad. Yes, sir. We got Andy Bobani, which is now Aaron Rodgers on shrooms. You can see his uh, picture down here. Uh, the only question I have for Andy is this, um, in Rogers on shrooms, is this uh, pre haircut or post haircut? Uh, but I guess we'll maybe figure that out for next next episode. I think he may have cut his hair while on shrooms, um, but I guess we'll find out. Good point. Uh, then we have Dan's disappointments. Um, he's actually upgraded to Tommy Lee's raging dongers. So uh, we really got that going on. Uh, hey, Matthew, yeah. my mic's not working or my, my audio is not working. I didn't hear what the team name was. Can you say that one more time? Oh yeah, it's uh, Tommy Lee's Raging Dongers. So, oh, it's second time. Thanks. That's <laughs> yeah, much better. Um, so, uh, now that we all know who we're talking about, um, let's start talking about some of our reactions from uh, Week One here. And I like to call this segment uh, "Flops and Bobs." So, we're gonna go through our uh, top five biggest flops and bobs. We'll start with the we'll start with the flops. Get those out of the way here, Isaiah. Go for it. Yeah. So I'll go. Uh, my number five, um, and that's uh, C.D. Lamb. Uh, as someone who started Dak Prescott last week, not a great week. Was expecting, you know, a lot of targets going C.D. Lamb. And uh, the only thing that C.D. Lamb got a lot of was drops. Um, so, yeah, dude, he had two catches, 29 yards, multiple drops. Dak's injured. Doesn't look good for him the next couple of weeks. And just looked really just lethargic coming out of the, the gate. Um, and, unfortunately, I don't think this is just – I mean, I, I believe in his talent, obviously. 
Um, but the next couple of weeks, it's probably going to not be a whole lot better than this, uh, depending on, I guess, what your ceiling is on Cooper. But yeah, not feeling too hot about CD. Cooper Rush, man, quarterback one. What are you talking about? Yeah, we're, we're good here. Give me, uh, give me the Red Rocket instead. But well, I'll, uh, I'll definitely agree with you there, and I'll go with my, uh, my number five biggest flop here, and that just uh, is actually uh, all of the tight ends uh, except for Kelsey. Uh, when we break it down, get, uh, you know, look at this. This is ridiculous. We only had six tight ends that finished with more than 15 points in a tight end premium league. And uh, if we're looking at this here, it's like, okay, anyone else you drafted did not return value. We're talking uh, Mark Andrews, Waller, Godert, Hawkinson, Zach Ertz, Dawson Knox, Cole Komet, Hayden Hurst, Higby, Albert O., Kyle freaking Pitts, Hunter Henry, uh, every single person scored under 15 points in a tight end premium league. Uh, absolutely disgusting week. If you were tight end, uh, shame to all of you. I should drop all of you to the waivers right now. Anyways, moving on. Yeah, no, that was, that was pretty shocking. Um, I will say Albert O did outscore Michael Gallup this week. So I, I definitely want to trade. <laughs> yep. That's a dub in your books there, man. All right. So number four for me, I got a uh, Damian Pierce. Um, yeah, this week didn't do. A- What's that? I said, put it as a dub in your book. Cause it's the only dub you're going to be getting this week. Anyways. All right. That's enough out of you, Matthew. Um, <laughs> number four, I got uh, Damian Pierce. Um, originally coming out of preseason, we were told he was going to be RB one. Uh, wasn't too worried about Burkhead stealing a lot of snaps from him. Uh, I was a Patriots fan. I'm obviously a Patriots fan and I've seen Burkhead for quite a while with his years in New England. And, you know, he's a good third down uh, running back, but didn't expect him to get the majority of the snaps. I mean, dude, Burkhead got 74% uh, of the snaps. And, um, you know, even if Pierce had ran well during his, uh, you know, I don't know, whatever, 20%, he's still just not even close to enough volume. Uh, Maybe you can hang your hat on the fact that he's a rookie and, you know, they want to start him slow. Um, and that was, they did play the Colts, correct? Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they, I mean, they both team, both teams really, uh, you know, fought it out to the end on that. It's a matchup in overtime, I believe. And they ended up in a tie. Like it's crazy. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, rough week for, we'll see what happens with the moving forward, but yeah, not what you want for week one. Nope. Not exactly. But got to, got to hand it to sexy Rexy really comes when you need him. Um, my number four, he's got to be Amari Cooper. Um, I know that going into this year, wide receiver one on a Browns offense, um, had high hopes, ended up with five points on the, on the week, uh, three receptions for 17 yards. So, um, you know, really just big disappointment. I also had him on a, a lot of my leagues. I think I have just way too many shares of Amari Cooper. Um, didn't have, I guess I should just stop talking with that, but really just, that was a disappointment. Not going to lie. So moving on. Uh, that's, that's tough with Cooper. Maybe once, um, once, um, uh, what's his face? Deshaun. Uh, yeah. Once Deshaun comes back, we'll be different. But anyways, number three, uh, I got the Broncos running back to the goal line. <laughs> pretty self-explanatory. They both had pretty decent um, fantasy weeks, especially Javante. Um, with 11 receptions, but dude, I think each one of those guys, um, you know, cost them, cost their team the game. Um, and just the fact that it was both of them like at the one and the fact that 
it had to have been with Russ, who obviously all the memes about him not handing the ball off the goal line and they give two fumbles at the goal line. I just thought was a, a chef's kiss to the, that's uh, a little Monday night football, but that was, <laughs> that's definitely not what you want from the running backs there. Listen, man, don't be hating on my boy, Javante Williams, RB one. I mean, he's, oh, he's a dog. Agreed. Agreed. But you got to do better there. I, I can definitely agree that uh, that would have taken it over the top for me, for him. Um, my number three biggest flop on the week. I don't think this man needs any introduction to, uh, to this, uh, to a show about flops. Uh, Alan Robinson uh, came up with, uh, uh, granted, more points than uh, my number one on the week, but uh, two points, uh, which is one reception on two targets for just 12 yards. Um, the interesting part was for Allen Robinson is that uh, he was open all the time. Um, I don't know if you watched any of the highlights, uh, but Matthew Stafford has eyes only for Cooper Cup, apparently. Um, and, uh, uh, listen, I've seen the memes, uh, and uh, let's just say Allen Robinson isn't getting breakfast with Matthew Stafford, apparently. So uh, that being said, I do think this will be a very similar trajectory to what happened with um, Robert Woods last year. Robert Woods ended up taking off around week three, and uh, three through 12, he was actually a top 10 or top 12 wide receiver alongside Cooper Cup. So I think that could definitely be in the range of outcomes, but uh, something to keep an eye on as well here for sure. It's his first week. But if this continues, that's going to be an alarming trend. Agreed. Agreed. I think I think back for sure. Um, number two, I got uh, I got Aaron Rodgers uh, post post haircut. Um, obviously, didn't look really hot with all of his new receivers. Um, not sure if it's a new haircut or what it was, but definitely did not click. I think even just from the get go, I think it was their first drive with the big uh, Christian Watson drop. I mean, depending on, you know, if he catches that, it's a touchdown. Maybe, you know, it's a different game or whatnot. But, dude, they did not look good at all. It was weird. Even, like, um, Aaron Jones wasn't, like, really super involved in the offense. Um, but I will say they started off really slow last year against the Saints. Um, they got whooped in, to a not great Saints team. Um, so maybe this is just Rogers' thing, kind of eases himself into the year, gets comfortable, familiar. and uh, But so, yeah, wasn't wasn't a great week one for Rogers. No, it's a really good low, uh, buy low opportunity on Aaron Rodgers, though, because a lot of people are going to be out on him after that, especially with the questions at wide receiver. Um, but I know that like they were that they were without their number one wide receiver, Alan Lazard, coming into the year. And do I still think that Alan Lazard will be number one at the end of the year? No, I don't think so. I think Christian Watson will take that over. But they were without him. Without him is a last minute scratch. And honestly, he was probably a huge part of the game plan for going into this week. Um, and I know they've been dealing with a lot of injuries. Um, so I think he'll bounce back, but yeah, he did not look good at all with this, uh, week one lineup around him. Uh, for me, I got to go with someone else who, uh, didn't look great here in week one, Mike Williams coming in with only three points, two receptions on four targets, picked up 10 yards, um, in a game where, uh, Justin Herbert went off, um, but he passed to everyone, uh, that wasn't named Mike Williams in that offense, apparently. Um, so I think that this was a one-offs type of week, but definitely a huge disappointment considering the draft cost. I mean, you picked up Mike Williams in, uh, in fantasy league, I mean, probably around five, six, seven, um, around that range. And honestly, like you're starting him, he's one of your guys, you got to rely on in that range and to put up, you know, three points in the first week, not what you're looking for 
for Mike Williams, who I think was the number one wide receiver through weeks one through three last year. So I think that uh, better things are to come for Mike Williams, especially this Thursday night matchup. I know it uh, looks like Keenan Allen probably going to be out the game, uh, suffered a little bit of an injury late or uh, midway through their game on Sunday. I think he'll be out Thursday and probably be back next week. Um, but this is going to be a big game opportunity for Mike Williams to bounce back. I think we, I think he'll be fine, but yep, this was definitely a big flop for week one. Yeah, no agreed. Um, yeah. My number one, uh, this receiver had as many receptions as both Matthew and I did this week. Um, so not a whole lot to be said, but that's Devonte Smith, man. I mean, not one, not two, zero receptions out of, you know, a first round pick from Alabama who's, you know, has experience with Hertz was really, really shocked. I did, I did see Brown doing really well with Hertz this year, just because the way that Hertz plays and, you know, how much more physical Brown is a receiver than Devonte. But um, I mean, dude, zero, zero receptions is pretty wild. Um, but regardless, he did lead his team with snaps and routes. So I do expect that to change next week and um, for him to get involved. But I mean, dude, enough said, be at zero catches. So. Well, speaking of zero catches and uh, zero points, that leads me to my number one stinker of the year uh, so far, which is Cam Akers. Um, like this, I mean, literally Thursday night started us off and uh, first drive of the game, and you're like, where's Cam Akers? Why is Daryl Henderson out there? And not only did Daryl Henderson outsnap him, but uh, Cam Akers only had three attempts, and he didn't pick up a single point while he was out there on the field. Uh, just a really disappointing first start for Cam Akers. I thankfully don't have a ton of shares of him, um, but now I'm regretting every single share that I do have. And I'm um, <laughs> thankful for uh, picking up Daryl Henderson in most leagues in like the 12th, 13th round uh, in redraft leagues. And, uh, you know, really late in most of my dynasty leagues, because uh, I think he's going to be really heavily involved in this lineup. And if the Rams can turn it around in general, I think that that's a really huge opportunity for Dale Henderson to be a buy low candidate. Do I think acres comes back from this? We'll see. Um, brings, you know, I have a couple of uh, comments about the Achilles uh, injuries and come back from that. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but yeah, that's uh that's not much more we need to say there. Let's get on some bops. Yeah. Uh, my number five bop, this week was Devontae Adams, man. Just can't ask for a better stars receiver uh, with a new team after a big, big contract. Ten receptions, 141 yards, got a touchdown. Um, I can guarantee you Rodgers would have loved to have had him out in that field against Minnesota this week. Um, but, yeah, man, you can just tell there was an instant connection there with Carr. I mean, this week he came out and was talking about, you know, his connection with him through a, a near-death um, scenario and whatnot, but dude, just looked fantastic out there. Unfortunately, Carr had a couple uh, pretty crappy interceptions that may have cost him the game, but dude, none of, none of that has to do with Adams. He was fantastic. Yeah, I, you love to see the uh, the targets and the receptions coming. And for Adams, like my only fear with this continuing is that this is kind of like the hot start that um, Waller got on last year. Um, at the beginning of the year, we're like, oh my gosh, Waller's going to get a million targets this year. And then it ended up that uh, tickled trickled right off. But I think their offense is so much, you know, better than it was that I don't think, you know, we're going to have an issue with Devonta Adams. I agree. Fantastic start to the year. Um, so I know we talked about my biggest, uh, you know, flop was Cam Akers coming off his Achilles injury. 
uh, struggling to recover from that, but my actual top five here in my Bob category, number five is going to be James Robinson also coming off an Achilles injury. Uh, honestly, didn't expect him to be uh, ready for week one. It was a late tear. Um, not only is he ready for week one, but uh, people were like, oh, he's going to be limited. And, you know, oh my gosh, was he not limited? He was pretty much 50-50 with uh, Travis Etienne from a snap count. I think that uh, from an actual snap perspective, it was like he was 45% of the time he's out there where the ETN was 55%. Um, but from an actual touches, he actually out-touched ETN. He had 11 attempts, picked up 66 yards on the ground with a touchdown, and also added in a reception for three yards and a touchdown. So just a fantastic first outing uh, for James Robinson. Really, really encouraging. He looked great. He looked fast. And with uh, Travis ETN being able to work in the air, I think it's going to be a really great combination between the two of them. So. I'm stoked for seeing what James Robinson does this year. Yeah. Speaking of uh, running back tandems, uh, my fourth is running back tandems that work this, this week. Um, and that's the jets, the Browns, the chiefs. Um, so yeah, Brees Hall, Carter, Chubb, Hunt, CH Pacheco all had pretty decent fantasy days, um, which I don't think everyone saw coming. Uh, I know a lot of people were expecting Brees to get, you know, majority of the carries coming off the bat, but the jets made it pretty clear that Carter still, uh, a pretty big uh, part of their offense. And then obviously with the Browns, dude, we know what Chubb is going to do. He's probably one of the best pure running backs in the game when it comes to just running. And, uh, you know, he got his hundred, but dude, Hunt was dynamic last week. You know, obviously the, the two touchdowns help, but man, he just looked great running out there. I'm not sure if he's trying to prove it because you know, he wants to get out there and, you know, be a starting running back or whatnot, but looked fantastic. And then, uh, yeah, the chiefs, dude, we talked last week. I was pretty nervous about starting CEH in my flex rule and, Dude killed it. Two touchdowns, you know, good amount of receiving yards. Uh, I think he had about like seven carries. Um, and then Pacheco, um, you know, was he like six, seven round draft pick this year? You know, he had over 10 carries that had touchdown and, you know, he was getting a lot of yards per carry. Curious to see if that becomes more of a tandem moving forward or if it was more of, hey, you know, we're, we're kicking uh, the Cardinals butts. Let's throw this kid here and And he did really well. But yeah, dude, that, that's just nice to have tandems and they all six running backs you know, provided in fantasy this week. An interesting stat that was like Patrick Mahomes was only pressured, I think three times in the entire game and they rushed on almost 75% of the snaps. So I just thought that was like this really hilarious stat about how bad the Cardinals defense looked is they were, they were literally blitzing the pocket 75% of the time and Mahomes only faced pressure three times in the entire game. So how many, uh, you know, if the Cardinals had blitzed that many times, if they had done that um, towards the Bengals. Listen, we don't need to talk about last year. Okay. We're going to, we're going to keep it on 2022. Uh, uh, but uh, that's, that was really interesting fact. I, I think that's a good point to call out, uh, you know, that Pacheco might just be getting snaps because they were in garbage time, but he did look really promising. And I think that this was a really good opportunity for them to get some work out there. Uh, kind of reminds me of when we saw a little bit of Derek Gore last year um, in some garbage time games. And when everyone's like, oh my gosh, Derek Gore looks amazing, but then he never really played unless it was garbage time. And then he ended up getting cut this year. So we'll see if Pacheco ends up turning out better than that or not. But um, yeah, I'm excited to see. I think he was a great late, uh, late pickup that went undrafted in most, most leagues, even dynasty leagues. So um you actually spoiled a little bit of my uh, my number three here, so we'll uh, we'll get to that in a minute. But my number four, um, you know, bop for the week, AJ Brown. This dude is a dog. I'm telling you, AJ Brown showed up. 
he, he went and took all of uh, Devonte Smith's targets and uh, snapped up 10 receptions, 13 targets, 155 yards. And uh, like, I know he didn't score a touchdown. I don't, I think Jalen hurts might've thrown one touchdown from the entire game. If, if even that, um, but the yardage was there, the targets were there, those touchdowns will come and uh, AJ Brown looks fantastic in this offense. So super excited for him. Yeah. He looked, he looked phenomenal. Uh, number three, I got Devin Duvernay. Um, I'm going to be honest, dude. I've never seen him on someone's roster this year. I was like, don't, I don't really know who that guy is, but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, dude, four receptions, 54 yards, two touchdowns. You know, if you told me we a Ravens receiver um, would have gotten, would have gotten you two touchdowns. I would have bet the house that it was, um, it was Bateman, but no, Duvernay did his thing this week. Um, not sure what his role is moving forward, but um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I think that Duvernay is definitely one of those sleepers that started getting some buzz during training camp. So it's cool to see that, um, you know, it actually is paying off in a real game. Uh, for me, number three, you already alluded to who my number three bop is here, and that's Clyde Edwards-Alaire, C-E-H. Um, got, dude just w- looked electric for the first time since I think he's been drafted. Uh, he had seven attempts for only 42 yards on the ground, but he put up another 32 yards in the air with three receptions and caught two touchdown passes. And I know that one of the keys to unlocking C-E-H was going to be his involvement in the passing game. Looks like that's going to happen this year. Hopefully this continues there's a need for a great end zone target and Patrick Mahomes looks like he's looking uh, Clyde Edwards Alaire's way. So super stoked to see him finally breaking out. Yeah. I'm stoked about that for me as well. <laughs> um, yeah. Number two, I got uh, Jerry Judy, Matthew. And I talked about him last week and maybe what his projections look like moving forward, but um, it's kind of a weird game. First half Russell's like thrown at only um, his running backs or tight ends. And then obviously had, like the 60 yard, um, play there to Judy. Um, but man, did he have a couple electric plays there with Russ? I can really see a lot of moving forward of, you know, Russ extending plays and finding Judy there with his quickness. And I mean, dude, over hundred yards touchdown first game with your new franchise quarterback. I, I know if I don't Judy I'd feel pretty, pretty comfortable moving forward about that. I think it's definitely encouraging, but I also don't want people to count out Cortland Sutton yet. Um, because at the end of the day, um, Sutton was actually out targeting uh, Judy two to one um, up until, you know, the last quarter of the game when they were trying to make a comeback. And uh, I think Judy got a few more snaps during that time period, but even the touchdown pass that um, Judy caught was like underthrown and almost intercepted, um, which was a great catch by him to turn that into touchdown, but um, it wasn't necessarily, I, I'd say, I wouldn't bank on a hundred percent, you know, get a hundred yards in every single week. But I, I think at the same time, like he's going to provide consistent floor with just his speed after the catch and uh, good to see him not, you know, dropping as many passes this year so far. Uh, it's still early, but I think Sutton's also, you know, he's still going to get those targets and in a game where Russ is able to score more in a better game script, I think that we'll see them both be successful. So I'm definitely excited for both of them in this, in this, uh, revamped Broncos offense. My number two bop for the week has got to be Patrick Mahomes, AKA Patty ice. Dude's just like, I put him on this list because I was counting down. um, Well, I just got to pause for a second and and just point out that Aaron judge currently has two. I saw it, dude. I was trying to ignore it. Listen, listen, Aaron is 57th home run of the year in I don't care if he's 
hitting it against the Red Sox because at the end of the day, dude is just showing it to the Yankees this year. And no. I, I take back what I said. Devon Smith is not my number one flop. That's stinking Aaron Judge. <laughs> no, he's a Aaron, Aaron Judge is gonna gonna hit those sixty homers, man. I'm telling you. All right. Anyways, so Patrick Mahomes, listen here. This is the deal. I thought he was going to just have a super down game, was super out on him, um, was worried about all of his options in the, in the offensive passing game, and he just showed everybody wrong. He put up 30 completions, 360 yards, and five touchdowns. Just, he's back. That's all I can say. Man's a legend. He's the, the best quarterback in the NFL and the best to go, we'll see, but it's well, Patrick Mo. Enough said. Second best after, you know, your number one here. <laughs> And that is Cooper. No, uh, no, my number one, uh, number one bop of the week is Carson Wentz, dude. Um, looked like the Carson Wentz of old that we saw in Philadelphia when um, they went to Super Bowl that year. Before he got injured, he was, I mean, they're talking about him as an MVP, uh, MVP caliber type player. But, dude, four touchdowns, 300 yards, spreading the ball around. He's getting McLaurin going. He was getting his rookie Dotson going. Uh, Curtis Samuel looked like finally healthy for like the first time and. I mean, since like like two years ago, um, but yeah, dude, hoping this is like a big confidence boost for him. Uh, you know, I saw you try to offer me a trade, try to swindle me uh, for him, but uh, no, dude, a lot of lot of good things to be said about once this week, and uh, yeah, we'll see what he does moving forward. He even got Gibson going in the passing game, so yeah, number one bop of the week, Carson Wentz. He's got a great matchup this coming week as well, so I'm uh, definitely would be tempted to start him in this league if I didn't have Trey Lance already. So. Um, yeah, it's just looking here. I got my number one, uh, bop of the week, and I don't know where you would have ranked him if, uh, if I hadn't already picked him, but my number one bop of the week, Saquon Barkley. Oh my gosh, he's back. And like, when I say he's back, I mean, rookie season style back. I mean, the man had 18 attempts, 164 yards, six receptions and 30 yards. He almost had 200 yards and he didn't even score a touchdown. He was number one uh, running back on the week. I mean, it's just absolutely insane. I can't say anything more better about that offense is going to run through Saquon this year. And he's just going to be a steal at where he was going. I think it was like late second round that people were drafting him third round. Oh my gosh. Is there any, in uh, delete the podcast part last week where I was uh, talking down on Saquon, just like a little snip snip. Yeah, it might be. I think we can edit that out probably. All right, perfect, perfect. All right, sweet man. Uh, yeah, what do we got next? All right, so let's go over kind of our uh, results from our previous prediction. Uh, last week we uh, we went through matchups and we kind of made uh, some some correct choices and some incorrect choices. Um, and uh, so I'll, I'll kind of talk about our our totals. Uh, for uh, successful predictions that uh, we both predicted that uh, one Tyreek Hill, my team was going to take a dub in week one. And sure enough, that did come to pass. We also predicted that team Goni one uh, was going to take the victory over Trevor's team. And that did come to pass as well. Uh, we had both picked it, that uh, team Eden power was going to take the W uh, over what is now every day. I'm rustling. Um, however, we were wrong about that. Um, every day I'm rustling actually came out and, uh, crushed, smashed expectations and almost made it a blowout to be honest with you. Uh, so we were definitely a little bit off in that, in that matchup there. Um, and you will, we'll get to that a little bit in the power rankings. Um, we also, uh, I predicted that, uh, when it comes to Chris Rock's jaw, 
uh, versus Team Tipotimo. Uh, we had a split decision. Obviously, Isaiah's Chris Rock's jaw. Um, I mean, I'm just I'm good friend. You're not. So disappointed, but your your audio cut out right as you were saying whatever you just said. Oh, I said all we learned was that I'm a good friend and you're not a good friend. I might not be a good friend, but at least I can accurately predict who's going to win a matchup. Um, I did want to also comment that uh, you were one of the lowest point scorers on the week and uh, definitely was not a good look. How many points did you end up with after all? Let's take a look at this. Now your audio is cutting out. I don't think any of us can hear you. Uh, if you want to just skip whatever you're just saying right now. Oh, sorry. I couldn't hear you over the 90.56 points you scored. on. <laughs> Listen, when half your, half your starting lineup gets hurt, you know, it is what it is. I got Higgins out. I got Harris out. I got Dak out. And these things happen. All right. Well, um, we also both predict uh, we predicted that Tommy Lee's raging dongers was going to take the W uh, last weekend. We were, we were wrong. We were wrong in that one. Um, uh, and then we both correctly predicted that our commissioner Darius's scold school uh, would take the dub and they did. So after week one, I have four out of six correct predictions. You have three out of six credit. Cri- cri- wow correct predictions going into uh to this week um why don't you go ahead and talk us through the matchups as long as i'm not in third place in the predictions i'm fine seconds that's that's a cool that's a good spot to be uh so first match of the week is we got uh one tigery kill versus uh every day i'm rustling um love you man you know i just want to say i'm sorry before i start i'm not trying to be like you and be a bad friend but uh, yeah, I got King Cobb winning, uh, winning this one uh, rather easily, actually. Uh, his team looked unstoppable week one. And um, yeah, this is the Saquon we're going to get out of him. Um, you know, good luck. Oh, and did I mention he has, you know, Cooper Cup? Did, did I mention that? Yeah. I mean, the dude, the, I mean, the dude, look at, the, look at his team right now. It's so stacked that he has Nick Chubb on his bench. He has a guy who just ran over 100 yards on his bench last week. And let's be honest, he's not even making the wrong decision. I mean, maybe – I mean, dude, his, his, his team's disgusting. So, sorry. I mean, I, I don't really – I don't blame you there. Um, looking at his running backs and the fact that he has Cooper Cup, Barkley, Connor, Fournette, it's just I, – I concede he can take the dub, but – I will say this. I'm not going down without a fight. We got, I got four of the best pass catchers in the game and you could easily argue that my wide receivers, uh, you know, uh, envy his running back situation. I got Devonte Adams, Mike Evans. We got Tyreek Hill. And of course, Mike Thomas, who all of those guys had fantastic first weeks. Um, and I don't think that, uh, you know, you can, it, you'd be hard pressed to find a better wide receiving core out there right now. So it's going to be a close game, but I do think that at the end of the day, that, uh, those, that team's just so good. They're going to take this man. It's going to take a miracle for sure. Yeah. I mean, maybe you can hang on your, hang your hat on. Maybe Russ has a bad week and you know, his two star receivers are Judy and Sutton. So maybe they don't get a lot, but otherwise good luck, man. Um, 
so matchup number two, we got a uh, school school versus uh, team. Is it Joni Johnny? I'm so Joni one. Joni one. Okay, I'm so bad with these pronunciation, but uh, anyways, I think this one's gonna be really close too. Um, expect a really extremely close match between the two. Ultimately, I'm gonna give it to uh, Joni June one, just based off the fact that I expect a Robin Mike Williams to have bounce back weeks. We alluded to them earlier. Obviously not their best week ones. Um, A-Rob had an awful week one against the Bills, but it wasn't due to lack of playing time, right? He was out there. He was open. Um, I mean, the dude had 64 offensive snaps, and I expect Stafford to try to feed him um, this week to get him going. And then you know, additionally, Mike Williams, like we said, no Ken Allen most likely week two, didn't have a great big uh, week one. And this is not necessarily a great Chiefs secondary. Um, I will say, though, uh, school to school does have like two of the best tight ends um, in football on his team with Kelsey and Andrews. And if they have big games, I mean, it should be, it should be a really good matchup actually. Yeah. I think this is probably one of the ones I'm most excited to watch this week. Um, I really love team Goni ones uh, running back combos here with Mixon and Williams. I love Jalen hurts this year. Honestly, just like absolutely think Jalen hurts is going to go to the moon, especially if he can th- uh, include a couple of passing touchdowns in his games because his rushing floor is just incredible. Um, and then you, like you said, you got Mike Williams, Allen Robinson bound to break out. We got Gabe Davis who had a great week one. Um, yeah, I mean, I just think I like his team overall. Um, Kamish, Darius, his team got Josh Allen, Swift, Diggs, Kelsey, Andrews. Like, I love those aspects of it, and I think that they could definitely carry him to victory. But I do have a lot of questions with Rashad Penny going up against San Francisco's run defense this, this week, as well as we didn't talk about him because he literally put up zero points. But Irv Smith, 0 for 4 when it comes to targets last week with zero points. That's concerning, and in a tight end premium league, I understand the want to start him, um, but I definitely would say that there's some concerns there for that team, and um, that's kind of where I think I'm actually with you so far with the predictions here. I think we're on the same page. Team Goni one is going to take this one. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's team stack, man. Um, yeah, third matchup, seed and power versus table humping trash. Um Sorry, Angie. I have Satan win this one again. He's currently projected to win. I mean, I don't like to use projections a whole lot, but dude, he's projected to win by 40 points. And uh, I don't see any way that Angie overcomes that. Uh, I mean, I think one can make the argument that every single individual matchup, Satan has the better player. Um, and then unfortunately for Angie, I don't think Godwin plays slash has a lot of snaps this week anyway. So it's not like you can throw them in there on your roster. And yeah, that's about all I got to say with that matchup. Yeah. I mean, she does have Lazard on the bench, so that could be definitely someone who could come to the rescue last minute. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, I think this has got to be, I wouldn't say it's impossible for uh, table humping trash to take home a victory because last week there are literally teams out there that scored 90 points. Um, but uh, this week, I think that uh, Team Seed and Power is probably going to take this one. So, All right. Agreed. All right. Next, we got the, um, the sexy commissioner of Chris Rock's jaw going against um, – oh, did I – actually, disregard. I skipped one. We'll, we'll save that for next. Uh, next, I got Skull Squad versus Aaron Rodgers on Shrooms. Um, also, another potential close matchup. Both teams are 0-1 looking for their first win. Um, 
as previously stated, not the biggest fan of Trevor's roster for this year. Um, but I actually have been winning this game, even though the projections aren't on my side. Um, currently, Aaron Rodgers on Shrooms has CD Lamb and Cam Akers starting. Kind of talked about them earlier and what I kind of think they are moving forward. Um, currently low on both of them. And, uh, yeah, I think Trevor pulls it off. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm picking this because um, – I think Trevor wins, or if I'm picking this because I think Matthew won't pick Trevor, and I'm trying to catch up, but we'll see what he says here. Dude, how did how did you know I was going to pick Aaron Rodgers on Shrooms? Here's the deal, okay? This is what I think is happening right now. I think this is a farce. I think Aaron Rodgers on Shrooms is actually going to change the lineup before game day because he has Cordell Patterson and Michael Carter on the bench, and I don't know if I talked about Cordell Patterson yet or not. I think I'm about to a little bit later on in the show. Spoiler alert, but we got freaking Christian McCaffrey and then Cordell Patterson, Christian McCaffrey, Michael Carter to fill in some of those gaps and some of those spots. I think that there's a huge opportunity here for uh, Aaron Rodgers on shrimps to take it. And I think it's going to be close, but at the end of the day, I, you're right. I don't trust CeeDee Lamb at all, but I don't trust Cam Akers. I do think that there are a couple options though that could get plugged in there and just take it to that next level where I trust those options a little bit more than Hunter Renfro, Dawson Knox, Dev, uh, you know, Singletary. I don't know. That's kind of where I'm at with that. Sure. Yeah, that's fair. Um, next, moving on. And then, uh, yeah, moving on to the sexy commissioner that I was referring to earlier, uh, Chris Rockjaw against Tommy Lee Raging Dongers. Just, just making sure that everyone heard that there. But, uh, yeah, we're both 0-1 after tough defeats last week. You, you cut out a little bit there. Could you? Who are you facing? Tommy Lee Raging Dongers. I repeat, Raging Dongers. Um, yeah, we're both 0-1 after tough defeats last week. Um, got rather decimated with injuries, like previously uh, stated with Dak, you know, Harris and Higgins. And because of that, I really don't see myself actually pulling off a uh, victory this week. Uh, even though I'm projected to win by a point or so, I actually think Dan pulls this off. Uh, for him, I think Zeke. Uh, is probably going to eat with Dak being out um, as long as he stays healthy. Um, I think we'll also get a bounce back, like nice week from Kamara after he was dealing with a little bit of a, a rib injury the week prior. And uh, yeah, we do no have with no Dak and having to start golf and not sure I'm getting at Higgins. Um, not even sure how many snaps Harris plays. Um, and then, you know, I don't have a very deep bench and, I mean, I could start some like Dotson or whatnot. I don't see myself winning this week. I'm going to roll with uh, the Raging Dongers, and it has nothing to do with him having a fire ass name. So, so I, I can't believe that I'm going to be a better friend than you are to yourself. But I actually think that you're going to pull this one out. And here's my my thought process on this. Okay, it's not just because we're trying to get our numbers up so that we can actually have some healthy competition here, but I <laughs> I actually do believe like. He's starting Damian Pierce, um, Christian Kirk, and uh, Dallas Goddard, Goddard and Jacksonville's defense. Um, I'm just not loving some kind of those options. Whereas I look at the people that you can start, um, you know, we got Eckler, we got Higgins, Metcalf, Albert O, Cook, CEH. I really like a lot of those options. This is where I'd have question marks. If Najee Harris sits out, and if T Higgins sits out because of the injury concerns, which is definitely a high possibility, 
the people that you would have to fill in on the bench is Dotson and maybe Garrett Wilson. And that's where I'm concerned. And I think that if um, both of those guys sit out, I would have to switch my answer. Um, if just one of those guys sits, it'll be, it'll be really, really close. Um, but I think that I would, if both of those guys end up playing, I would give you the dub. So what's your, what's your pick? Uh, so my pick is going to be for right now, because they have not been ruled out. Uh, I'm going to give it to you. Copy. I mean, you're a good guy. You're a guy. I don't, I don't care what the rest of uh, our fantasy league says about you. I think you're a real, a real good man, Matthew. All right. Last, last matchup of the week. We got team Topo Domo versus love boat incident. Um, definitely need to get him on the, the podcast. so We can explain what the love boat incident he said in the chat. I'm still, still kind of amused by the whole thing, but supposedly it's a, it's a Vikings thing. Um, yeah, dude, my notes on this are Justin Jefferson, Justin Jefferson, Justin Jefferson. And no, I'm not salty because Justin Jefferson dropped like 40 points on me last week. I mean, he's the best receiver in football. I mean, he could be the most valuable player in fantasy this year. Maybe an overreaction, we'll find out. But uh, dude's a ball nonetheless. Um, yeah, moving forward, I refuse to pick against Jefferson. And doing so, I have Topo Doma winning. Um, even though Love Boat incidents is projected to win uh, by like 12 points, um, I still got Topodoma coming on top. Um, I, I think my concern with Lobo Incidents' roster for now is um, his, his two starting running backs are both guys who aren't necessarily the primary ball carriers for their team um, at this point in their careers. Um, keyword just yet, obviously, right, with Hall and uh, ETN. But, I mean, they, do, they both had fumbles last week. So I'm putting my, my stake in the ground that um, – they're, they're going to be a little bit of a doghouse maybe next week. And um, yeah, I got to about demo. Yeah. So I think that part of the projections that are off right now for uh, Topodomo is that uh, he has Keenan Allen currently in his flex spot. Keenan Allen already has been ruled out for this week. Um, maybe not officially, but they've already said he's not going to play. So he's going to probably be starting um, either Jamal Williams, uh, Rexy, sexy Rexy Burkhead, um, Claypool, Ian McKenzie, or even Robbie Anderson in that flex spot, which is going to add some additional value. Um, bring yeah. those projections right up. I mean, he's got Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is going to have a, a rebound week here against uh, a tough, a tough defense. Um, I think that you said, you know, I'm never going to bet against Justin Jefferson. Um, there is something to be said, however, to know he's going up against Jamar Chase on the other side. And if there was someone that I was going to place my bets on, um, honestly, at the end of the day, it's going to have to be, you know, Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson. I'm going to probably take Jefferson every time, but it's really, really close. And then I have to, that brings me down to, okay, what, what are the other weapons that surround on this team? We got Amon Ross St. Brown, Target Hog. We got Patrick Mahomes, literally just talked about him as my top two bops for the week. We got Hall and ETN. I mean, Hall had 11 targets or uh, 10 targets as a running back. He actually was second behind only uh, Jamal. I'm sorry. um, Javante Williams for targets last week. Um, Travis Etienne almost had two touchdown uh, receptions as well. He dropped one of them and the other one was uh, overthrown. And that was on uh, Trevor Lawrence because he was wide open. Um, But as far as the opportunity goes, those guys look great. Um, He also has Ramondre Street, Ramondre Stevenson, um, James Robinson and uh, Traylon Burks on the bench. That's a great bench. 
Um, if you had to swap out some of these guys like Kadarius Tony, I don't trust right now. Um, so if he ends up having to get pulled out of this lineup, honestly, I think I'm taking the love boat incident this week. I'm riding the hype right now. Um, I think that, you know, if I had to make some lineup changes here, I probably would do that. I want, I want James Robinson in my lineup. I just talked about him as one of my guys as well. Um, this team is literally full of like half of my bops for the week. Um, and as much as I love Justin Jefferson and I love Derek Henry, Tom Brady, I just think that, uh, you know, love boat instance is going to pull this one out. This was actually uh, pretty good from a predictions side of thing. Cause we, uh, we got a little bit more variety than, uh, than last time through. So I got to catch up, man. I got to catch up. Absolutely. Well, let's move on to the next section of the, of uh, the show here, where we're just going to kind of talk about our week one uh, MVPs. And uh, that's in the MVP of uh, a person that allowed their team to actually be successful and win. And then we have a, another category here, which is the bench MVP. Um, the basically has to be on a loser's team, someone who went off while uh, sitting on their team's bench, resulting in their team losing because of that decision. So um, we'll go right into our week one MVP that actually helped their team successfully take home a victory. And we just talked a lot about him. So this is a perfect segue, but it's that guy, Justin Jefferson for me. So not only did he ball out and prove why he was the number one wide receiver in dynasty because he was, um, but on top of that, he led team T Potomo to a victory on what was before considered to be a close projected matchup. He ended up leading the victory by over 20 points. Um, and uh, he literally was the reason that T Potomo beat, I'm sorry to say it, but you, Chris Rock's jaw, and uh, heck, Justin Jefferson actually outscored. This is a great fact. He outscored all of T Potomo's all other wide receivers, Flex and Derrick Henry combined. So he is the reason why T Potomo is one and zero going into this week. An absolute monster game carried his team on his back. In fact, um, I think I hear Justin Jefferson is calling Deshaun Watson. Said he needs a back massage. His back's pretty sore from uh, from carrying the whole team on his back here. So that is my MVP for Week One. Yeah, I, well, still a little PTSD from Week One, but dude, yeah, that's. I don't even have anything to say. I'm just going to move on from that. Uh, my MVP to Saquon. I unfortunately made a decision to go on the pod last week and say that I didn't have high expectations for Saquon because he's burned me the last two years. And I literally said, watch me be wrong. He's going to go off this year. And what does he do week one? Just absolutely phenomenal, not only from a fantasy standpoint, but, dude, he literally won the game for them. Um, just the way he was playing that third, fourth quarter – and, and then just the, just the icing on the Cape, that two point conversion was just, that was it. That was, that's prime Saquon, dude. That's the Saquon we saw coming out of Penn state. That's a Saquon we saw year one. We were talking about, dude, it's a generational running back. Um, yeah, dude. And if, if he looks like this the rest of the year, we're all going to have a tough time keeping up with uh, every day I'm wrestling. And so I'm hoping, I'm hoping he doesn't, but I mean, dude, it's phenomenal. That was one of my favorite performances I've seen in quite a while. I definitely agree with you there. Um, so that's some absolutely fantastic MVP performances right there that led their team, uh, to victory. Um, but I did want to make sure 
that I uh, talked about, you know, hey, where were those opportunities? Where were those MVPs that shined on the bench of a loser's team? So uh, I wanted to go ahead and call out uh, one of the losers here from last week, Aaron Rodgers on shrooms. Um, Team uh, actually put up the lowest points in the league um, in a starting lineup, which is pretty impressive. Uh, Managed to start CeeDee Lamb, Cam Akers, Mike Gusecki, um, all put up, I think, a combined uh, six and a half points between the three of those guys. So just uh, just a disappointing week all around for him. But he was also facing our commish and uh, schooled school. And um, but that being said, my bench MVP of the week is Cordero Patterson. Man put up 22 and a half points sitting on the bench. Could have definitely have been in use, but he had 22 carries, 120 yards. That is a career high for carries and yards on the ground. One touchdown rushing. He also put in three for five, uh, three receptions and five targets for 16 yards um, through the air. So Cordero Patterson, absolutely dynamite bench play. Yeah, I was, I kind of thought last year was kind of a fluke for Patterson and, and uh, yeah, he proved me wrong. That was another great performance. Um, yeah, my bench MVP of a loser team because he because Matthew decided to steal the Patterson uh, take. I'm gonna have to go with Devin Duvernay. We talked about him earlier. Um, balled out. Unfortunately, Trevor wouldn't have really won anyways if he had thrown him in his starting lineup. And and that was a decision. Like, dude, Duvernay was great. He did his thing week one. But is there anyone on Trevor's team week one? We would be like, oh, you know, I'm taking this guy out and put in Devin. No, like, you know, he had a great performance. But these things happen in fantasy where, you know, a guy kind of, I don't want to say comes out of nowhere, but, you know, just completely outperforms. And, you know, he has that week. And that's what Devin, Devin Duvernay did. And, uh, you know, see, we'll see if he can, um, you know, do that again. But, um, yeah, that's, that's who I got. I think that's a great choice. And I think that is a good call out. It's like, when you look at the the names on Trevor's bench that actually, you know, put up some points, I wouldn't have started – personally, I wouldn't have started any of them over the people that ended up, you know, Trevor ended up starting. So I think it's a, it's a tough one to see on your bench, and you're like, oh, f- of course I should have started DuBernay. But it's at the end of the day, were you really going to start DuBernay? I, would, I probably wouldn't have. I don't think I started him in any leagues. So uh, it's a good call out. Well, I wanted to move into the next section of the podcast now, which is going to be called this or that, which is just a start or sit question um, about our own teams going into week two or whatever week it is that we are going into. Um, so I wanted to, to kind of just talk about what's going through my thought process right now. Um, looking at last week, I actually had the highest possible points that I could uh, out of any of the teams in the league as far as what uh, someone could have put up if they had started the correct lineup. I ended up having a bunch of people go off on my bench. Um, still pulled out a victory, but I had Carson Wentz go go off for 27 points on my bench. I had uh, Miles Sanders put up 18 and a half points. I had Jarvis Landry, 18 and a half points. Michael Thomas, 22.7 points. DJ Chark, 15 and a half points. Gerald Everett, 15 and a half points. The Miami Dolphins defense, 21 points, all sitting on my bench, waiting to be started. <laughs> You're telling me your bench put up more points than my starting lineup did last week is what I'm hearing. Well, um, that's uh, definitely, definitely true. That did happen. Um, that being said, I'm looking at this week as a, a tough decision here between Kareem Hunt and Miles Sanders. So I wanted to know what your thoughts were right now. I'm currently leaning starting Kareem Hunt as my second running back. They're facing the Jets. I think it's going to be a good matchup. 
He looked really great last week, very involved in the offense from the passing perspective. But I also know that Miles Sanders just went off. He had 13 attempts. He finally scored a touchdown on the ground, rushed for almost 100 yards. He put up two targets, two receptions, 4.5 yards per per target, um, you know, 18 and a half points. I don't know. I'm torn. Miles Sanders has burned me in the past. I feel like he's getting more usage than Kareem Hunt. So I feel like that should be, you know, follow the volume, right? But at the same time, just something about it. Just I'm scared to put him in my starting lineup, man. What's your thoughts? So as someone who uh, who picked you to lose this week, and I need you to lose, I would recommend putting in uh, – doing a little reverse psychology here. I'd recommend you put in Miles Sander. And I just think – am I supposed to lie here? I don't, I don't, I don't understand how this works, but uh, – all right. Honestly, though, I probably, I probably lean. I kind of want to lean Hunt, dude. I'm. I mean, we know what happened with Sanders last year, and having not not a single touchdown, and he had one week one, which was great, and he obviously had a lot of rushes. But I like, I like how dynamic Hunt is, and that's probably where I lean. Um, but because I chose you, I think you should definitely go Sanders. I mean, it's definitely some encouraging things, but I also look back to last year where on week one of the season last year, he, Miles Sanders put up 17.3 points. Um, he had 15 attempts, rushed for 74 yards. He had five targets, four receptions for 40 yards in the air. Um, and so last year, I remember him starting and everyone's like, oh my gosh, he's going off. And it's a very similar, um, he actually was a higher snap percentage last year, um, 66% of the snaps and then after that, he didn't score more than 15 points uh, in a game until week 13 versus the Jets when he put up 17 points. He went on a bye week, came off the bye week, put up 16 points against Washington, all without um, actually scoring a touchdown. He just rushed for 120 yards, 130 yards. So do I think Miles Sanders is a good running back? Yes, I think that he's good. I just concerned about the opportunity. And I know that, um, you know, maybe with AJ Brown being here, it will finally unlock the passing game. Um, I'm sorry, unlock the rushing game, because if he only if he played in 12 percent less of the snaps, but he got uh, more yardage and a touchdown, that's actually a higher opportunity. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. I also think that last year when he played the Jets, he put up 17 points and that was in a different scheme and that was without a touchdown. So we'll have to see how it shakes out, man. But I appreciate the feedback on Hunt because I'm currently leaning Hunt as well. So we'll see what I end up going with. If I don't change my mind, I'm leaning Hunt right now. Yeah, as a, regardless, I hope you lose um, so I can catch up, but these things happen. Uh, so I guess my question mark of the week is, um, I'm trying to figure out, obviously, Dotson had a, a great week one with, you know, his two touchdown grabs and Wentz going off. And then um, trying to figure out if I want to start him or DK this week. Because, um, you know, if if Higgins doesn't play, I'll probably throw Dotson in, right, because we're a little concerned about Higgins playing with his injury concerns from last week. Um, but, man, I really liked what I saw out of Dotson last week. Um, he had, like, a snap share of, of like, 80-something percent. So it wasn't like, you know, he had a couple grabs that were, you know, just touchdowns and, you know, he did his thing. But, I mean, the dude is part of that offense. He's integrated. Um, and with DK, you know, he had his, you know, seven receptions last week. But it was, like, you know, it was, like, 30, like 34 yards. Um, so, yeah, it's great. You know, you, you had your targets. You, you know, he was Geno Smith's number one, um, number one option. 
but it wasn't like, you know, we're throwing 20, 30 yard bombs down there and DK is using his, you know, his body and being explosive down there. Um, I'm just really concerned about the Seahawks offense and even as good as Geno Smith did look last night, um, kind of torn on where to go with that, you know, ride the, ride the hot wave of Dotson or, you know, it's DK Madcap, just, you know, just his name alone. You, you think you'd go with that, but what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think that you got to go with Metcalf in this situation just based on the pure talent and the opportunity. Like when he played with Geno Smith last year, he actually um, scored a touchdown in I think like the majority of the games he played with Geno. So um, I know that last he didn't necessarily last night, but I think the opportunity will be there for Metcalf with Geno. I think that obviously the Broncos were a tough team, tough matchup. And I think that, um, you know, there's going to be some better matchups coming up here. Like, what are they who are they playing this week let's see they're playing san francisco i mean yeah seattle's going to probably have to pass a lot in that game um, the opportunities are going to be there but i think that ultimately what it comes down to is i think that dotson is a great choice and i think you're going to be forced to play him um at some point this week i mentioned the injury concerns with harrison higgins i think you're end up going to end up having to start um at least one of those guys someone's gonna have to sub in for them and um, at the end of the day, I think Dotson's going to end up playing for you. So either way, I think they're a good choice. And I would probably lean Metcalf if I had to choose just one. And you, so you said Metcalf. And just confirm, you did choose this week. You're not doing any reverse thing on me. I, I have my money. My money's all on you. So All right. Cool. All right. Thank well, you. I'm going to end this off with uh, just going over our weekly power rankings. We talked about uh, how these are custom for this league and uh, how this is something that's kind of unique. Um, this really awesome uh, formula that calculates out um, basically who is the uh, number one um, and goes all the way down through 12. And so there's actually been some changes since the pre-week uh, one rankings, and um, I'll go through them right now. Um, but we're actually going to start at the top this time. So we're going to start with uh, coming in at number one and actually moving up uh, from number two to number one is every day I'm rustling just absolutely dominated in week one. And uh, right now it just seems like he's the team to beat. He came in number two overall starting the season and he's taken over that number one spot by a long shot. Now, number two team in the power rankings is Scold School. Darius moved up from number three to number two. Uh, that's our commission right there. That's, that's our commit. Oh, I'm sorry. No, not number three. Um, he actually moved up from uh, number five all the way up to number two here just uh leaps and bounds uh moving up the the charts here going into week two so just a phenomenal play how much did he uh how much did he pay you for you to move him up to second listen i'm not gonna talk about that um not gonna talk about the the under the table but darius appreciate you um me <laughs> after um number three we have team goni one team goni one started the year at uh ranking six out of twelve and uh, has moved up now to number three. So top three with a fantastic week one performance. So nice job there. Um, I actually didn't move at all. I started the season pre-rank at uh, number four, and I have now stayed at number four. So no movement on my part. Um, number five is, <laughs> this is actually a, uh, a huge move up. Uh, previously, Dan's disappointments moved all the way up from nine up here to five. Um, just trended up with a great week one. Then coming in at number six, we have Team Teapotomo. Uh, Teapotomo actually moved up. They were originally number seven, so they moved up one rank. 
and uh, going in there uh, seventh this week. Then we have number eight. Oh, how the mighty have fallen is Chris Rock's jaw dropped from last week. Do you remember where you were when we started? No, but my question is, where is Heat and Power at? Did you mention him? Not yet, dude. What? So this is this is crazy. So you're still ranked number eight, um, but you started off at number three. Now, number nine, this is uh, actually Tommy Lee's Raging Dongers at number nine. He was number nine pre-ranked, so actually did not move, stayed right where he is. This is the shocker right here. Um, well, actually, this one's not a shocker. So, oh, hold on. Did I skip him? <clears throat> oh, I skipped. I skipped. So, number seven is Team Seed and Power. So, I think I must have skipped him when I went to, to you at Chris eight, uh, at, at eight, Chris, Chris Rock's Joss. So that was my bad. Team wow. Seed and Power is number seven. And uh, that is a huge drop, but that week one loss really puts you in um, a little bit of a column because when you're talking power rankings, it factors in your win-loss record, it factors in your overall points, your projected points, um, and all of that stuff. So Team Seed and Power taking that loss automatically moved him towards the second half of the league just in that regards. So um, then number eight, we have Chris Rock's jaw. Number nine, Tommy Lee's Raging Dongers didn't move. Number 10, we have Aaron Rodgers on shrooms. Um, originally was number eight, so moved down to 10. Um, and then number 11 and 12 actually did not change. So we have number 11 is Skull Squad, Trevor. And uh, number 12, we have Table Humping Trash and uh, Angie. So absolutely phenomenal um, week one. I love to see all the surprises and can't wait to see where the rest of the season goes. Do you got anything you want to close on? No, nah, just like I ended last pod, you got a you got a Pats prediction for this week, dude. Pats are going to get demolished again. Uh, whoever, whatever defense is playing, start them in DFS. That's all I could say. I no, I disagree. I think the Pats win. Pats win this week, one on one. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Pats are going to win uh, every single game here on out, undefeated. This guy, I think it's time to end the pod. All right. Hey, appreciate you hopping on. Super excited for episode two. Thanks for uh, everyone who tuned in to listen and we'll see you guys next week. Yep. See you guys.